Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Cam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey, NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks. This is Tam and Renee. I am Renee. She is Tam. Hey, Renee. What's up with you? Miss Tam, always a pleasure to hear your voice. Always a pleasure. Renee, I need you to get a little bit more pep in your step, a little bit more bass in your voice. You know what it is? It's like I'm sitting here and there's so many things going through my head about this particular episode and 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 you know why. And I know we're going to get into it. And it's just one of those things where I'm just sitting here kind of like getting all of these thoughts going through my head. But I do want to say one thing first. How about them cowboys? <laughs> How about them cowboys? Well, Renee, it is episode 60 for us. I think this is going to be an epic episode for many reasons. Of course, we're going to talk about all the political stuff. Even though we don't want to, we're being forced to. But it's just an epic episode for the fact that we've made it through to 60 episodes. This pretty much started four years ago when we were sitting in somebody else's living room with their cat jumping all over the place with a friend of ours who was talking NASCAR. And (laughs) we did a couple of episodes with him. That didn't work out. You guys went on to do somewhat of a. We did kind of like a uh, a pilot. Yeah, a pilot. So you guys went on to do a pilot that didn't work out. And then a year went by and then you was like, let's talk some NASCAR. And I was like, okay. And then more time went by. And then on a trip to Kentucky, I was talking to some people at Valvoline. The subject came up. I came back home. We started the podcast. I think it, it was last year. We were already into five races or so before we started. But saying all that to say, we are here at episode 60 and it is going to be epic. But before we jump into the epic episode, Renee, aside from the Cowboys winning, how was your weekend? My weekend was fantastic. I uh, literally had uh, all these shows that I was doing over the weekend and it was a lot of fun. I had some friends come out, some other people that... Uh, work in the medical field with me. They they came out and had a great old time. It's always nice to uh, be able to get on stage and um, do what I do. And I love it. I love when people come into uh, a room and they leave with a smile on their face and they feel really good about their night and uh, I can send them home happy. It is one of the best things that I love to do. And uh, I had I had a really good weekend doing that. How was your weekend? My weekend was great. I have been in town for exactly a week plus, which is exciting for me because as you guys know, I'm always on the road. I don't have anything planned except next week. I do believe I will be in Charlotte. I'm still waiting on confirmation of that, but I will be in Charlotte, hopefully for the race. My plan was to go to Charlotte and Talladega, but to be honest, in light of everything that is going on, I really think I'm going to skip Talladega. I'll get into that a little bit later or maybe not. But yeah, I'm not really feeling like I personally want to be in Talladega. But hopefully I will be in Charlotte. Aside from that, weekend was great. I I watched some NASCAR too, and we're going to definitely talk about that. But let's get into the show rundown. 
So today we are going to be talking about New Hampshire. I'm going to give you a recap. Renee's going to chime in on that. We're going to break down the top 10 from New Hampshire. We are going to cover the playoff standings because there are a few drivers who have already secured a place. They haven't even won, but they've secured a place in the in the next round of the playoffs. We're going to talk about Dale Jr. And because we're going out with every episode of Dale Earnhardt Jr. update, Renee is going to deliver that. We're going to cover some hot topics in NASCAR, which at the moment include Monster Energy is kind of stalling on renewing their sponsorship agreement with NASCAR. So I am going to cover that. We're going to talk about Jeff Gluck's article about the whole anti-protest anthem situation. Of course, we're going to talk about Dale Jr.'s tweet. And we are going to close the show with our fan comment of the week and some predictions. And before we jump into all that right now, I need you to hit subscribe on iTunes. If you listen to the show on iTunes, also leave us a comment. If you listen or if you have an Android, you can listen to the podcast on Stitcher as well as Google Play. We're also on SoundCloud. And when all else fails, head over to the website, allturnsnobreaks.com and click listen, subscribe, comment, do whatever you like, because we live in a country where you can do whatever you like, except when it's offensive to other people. Well, I guess you you can't really say it like that, but you know, you should always be nice and be kind. Yeah. So on that note, let's jump into episode number 60. And how about that Kyle Busch? You know what? Kyle Busch, all he does is win, win, win. No and smile, what. smile, smile, and talk <laughs> crap, crap, crap. Because even after <laughs> his win, sure. he still was taking a shot at Brad Kozlowski with the Toyota thing. Yeah, you know, that bugged him. And you know what? And I'm I'm sure him winning, you know, Sunday, you know, really, really just made it made it better for him. I really think like he just wanted to rub it in, in, in Kozlowski's face. Well, rub it he did because he took the checker flag. Now we're sure you watched the race, but just a quick recap, there was some days of thunder going on, and I'm sure you heard the term a lot because Kyle Busch said it, some other drivers said it, and it's just pretty much been a reoccurring theme in every article about New Hampshire. There was a pileup that involved, I believe, seven cars. In fact, it was eight cars. Truex was involved in that pileup. So the number 78, the number four, the number 11, the number 88, the number three, the number 14, the number 10. And I feel bad, but I don't know Jeffrey Earnhardt's number. And I don't feel like looking it up because we are talking some NASCAR. Not that he's not NASCAR, but (laughs) yeah, I don't know his number. But he was also involved in the pileup. And as they all said, it was like a cloud of smoke. It was just a crazy, weird accident. I don't know, can an accident be weird? But it was smoking. And Kyle Busch thread the needle. And got out by an inch. And then he went on to win this race. And it's uh, amazing because, you know, Truex was really having a good day. Again, not that that's uh, not surprising. But, uh, yeah, it was just very unfortunate 
that he got caught up into that mix. But he he still uh, came back, you know, to finish strong. Yeah, he he finished fifth. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I'll let you go ahead and break down, you know, the top ten there. You want me to break it down? Break it down. Okay, so our top ten at New Hampshire, we had Kyle Busch with the checkered flag. Number two was Kyle Larson. You know, that that young guy, he's a racer. Kyle Larson is a racer. Say what you want, but that guy races. Matt yeah. Kenseth, my guy, my pick, my quiet assassin, he came in third. And I need you guys to do me a favor. Head over to beyondtheflag.com. There's an article that I wrote that talks about my championship four, which includes Matt Kenseth. And I know all of you guys are scratching your head. But in the article, I break down why Matt Kenseth is in my final four and why I see him racing for a championship at Homestead. So Brad Keselowski came in fourth. Martin Truex Jr. came in fifth. Eric Jones came in sixth. Boyer, hey! Clint came in seventh. (laughs) Daniel Suarez, eighth. Ryan Blaney, ninth. And Joey Logano, tenth. Did something seem odd to you about that top ten? Yeah. What was it? Half of them are are not even uh, in the playoffs. (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. Bingo. You are correctamundo. I know. It's so funny because... uh, no, yeah, no, that was correct. It, it, it's it's so funny because you're like reading it, and I'm just. But you know, a lot of that had to do because of. <clears throat> excuse me, but you know, a lot of that had to do with the uh, you know obviously uh, you know the the wreck that ensued that took out a lot of the drivers. But I mean, it's just it's just funny because like this whole season has been just weird like that. You know, it's just been weird. This was New Hampshire. This wasn't even Talladega or Daytona, which is crazy. And you just mentioned it. There were some people knocked out. You want to know who was knocked out? Yeah. Two playoff contenders were knocked out, and that would be Kevin and Kurt. So two teammates knocked each other out, which is crazy. And keeping on the theme of our top 10, you know, I have to add some notables. Chase Elliott, and I guess I'll, okay, so backing up, as Renee guessed correctly, there were only six playoff drivers who hit the top 10. But there were 10 playoff drivers who came in pretty much somewhere between 11th place and 37th place. So let me read those notables off. Chase Elliott came in 11th, Hamlin, as in Denny Hamlin, 12th, Ryan Newman, 13th, Jimmy Johnson, 14th, Stenhouse Jr., 15th, Jamie McMurray, 16th, and Austin Dillon came in 19th. Casey Kane, who's also in the playoffs, came in 35th. Dale Jr. came in 34th. So, yeah, that was a little bit out of order, but I wanted to give you guys the playoff guys first. And Dale is just Dale, so I had to add him. And then I already said Kevin and Kurt were knocked out, and they came in 36 and 37. So how does that shape up our playoffs? Great question, Tam. Okay, I'm going to answer, Tam. (laughs) Okay, our playoff picture is looking like this. Truex, who has a crazy amount of points, is not being knocked off the top spot. Let's just keep that clear. Truex Jr. is in first. Kyle Larson is in second. Kyle Busch, third. Brad Keselowski, fourth. Denny Hamlin, fifth. Matt Kenseth, sixth. Jimmy Johnson, seventh. Blaney, eighth. Chase 9th, Kevin 10th, Jamie McMurray 11th, Stenhouse 12th, Austin Dillon 13th, Ryan Newman 14th, Kurt in 15th place thanks to being caught up in that wreck. And 
Casey Kane, who somewhat even questioned why he's in the playoffs, taking up a spot anyway, he's at the bottom spot. Now, based on wins and points, at this point, we know that four drivers have secured spots in the next round, which this race here will pretty much eliminate a few drivers because we're going to go from 16 to 12. So four drivers are going to be eliminated after this week's race in Dover. So our four drivers who have secured playoff spots include Truex, of course, because he's won. Larson, based on points. Bush, because he's won. He just won New Hampshire. And Brad Keselowski still hanging in there with Bush. He has secured a spot. So that's what's going on with that. Yeah. You know what? Let's talk about our playoff picks. Renee, you finally gave me your grid. So who was on your grid to be in in the next round? I sat there looking at all the drivers that were in, and I'm trying to gauge of how these drivers had driven throughout the year. And just the consistency, the inconsistency, I'm just trying to look at, just trying to get a feel of, of how they drove during the year. And I'll be honest with you, I think my grid is probably just uh and, and there's and unlike yours like where you have Matt Kenseth fighting for a championship at the end mine's pretty simple just because I I didn't really feel anybody else that would come through like Kenseth and surprise anybody just because I just thought this whole year everybody in my latter part of of my grid just seemed to be consistent with stuff uh, and and I'll give you my 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 top 12 that are they going to the next round which is Truex Jr, Larson, Kyle Busch, Jimmy Johnson, Brad Keselowski, Harvick, Kurt Busch, Elliott, Blaney, Newman, Hamlin and Stenhouse Jr. Uh you know and I was kind of on the fence with Stenhouse Jr making it to the 12th. I don't know, you know that that, that kid he pulled out a couple of rabbits out of the hat during the season and and i kind of see him doing this here to get into the next round so that's why i I stuck with stenhouse jr i don't have him making it to the eighth but i I do have him going and you know being part of the the next 12 renee i don't know if i agree i think wait who did you say you don't have going in just a let me let me make sure i heard that correctly yeah Oh, uh, as far as going in, uh, into who are the, your four the drivers that aren't going into the twelfth round? Just, I just wanna, just wanna be clear on that. Okay, who I do not have going into the next round ten is Austin Dillon, Jamie McMurray. I don't see Matt Kenseth even making it to twelve. Okay, I thought I heard Matt Kenseth, and who who's your other person? Yeah, I don't have Austin Dillon. Or Jamie McMurray making it into the next round. Okay, how can you not have Matt Kenseth after I just said my quiet assassin? You know, I, you I know campaign what? for this guy every week, Renee. <laughs> We're supposed to be partners. You're going to get I know. And that's where we disagree there, Tam. I'm going to be honest with you. I just, it's like I was hoping that Kenseth would come out and quietly like he is an assassin and win a, a few races during the year. And it just didn't seem to work out the way I thought it would with Matt Kenseth. And that is just why I really don't have him going in, in, into the next round. And I know that pains you to hear that, but I'm just telling you, I just don't see Matt Kenseth even making it to, to, to the next round of 12. Well, guess what, Renee, I got news for you. You are wrong and you're wrong on so many levels because you know why? Did you not hear anything? Did you not hear the words that have been coming out of my mouth? Matt Kenseth is currently 
in the sixth spot in the playoffs. Yeah, I know. So how do you think he's going to be knocked out of the round of 12? Explain. Well, it, it just goes back to what I was just saying a few minutes ago. Like, you know, it's, it's I don't know. It's like the way I've, I've watched him race. And, and I know we haven't had a, a whole lot of things to say about Matt Kenseth other than him, like, not having a ride next year. Aside from that, Tim... It's like we we haven't really like talked about him as far as like the way we were used to talking about him in previous years. Just him winning races and and quietly coming back to win this race and blah 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 blah. Not a whole lot of talk about Matt Kenseth as far as winning this whole year. And I just thought the inconsistency of him, the way he's driven this year, I just didn't see him making it to. I, I almost didn't even. We almost didn't know if he was even going to make the playoff, much less make the next round of twelve. But you know what? He's he's making me put my foot in my mouth at this point. Okay, well, I may be here to help you get your foot out your mouth. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, see, that's what partners do. Partners yes, help exactly. each other out. <laughs> okay, so my round of 12 includes Truex Jr., Kyle Larson, Kyle Busch, Kozlowski, Johnson, Harvick, Hamlin, Blaney, Elliott, Newman, Bush, and Kenseth. Clearly, I don't see... Casey Kane going through. I don't see Dylan going through. I don't see McMurray going through. And who am I missing? Oh, and I don't see Stenhouse going through. Now, I could be eating my words on no one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I, I don't there? really see Jamie making it through and Dylan, Austin. I don't know, but I got faith with my round of 12. So those are my picks, and I'm going to stick to them. There you go. Okay, let's talk about Dale Jr. We're going to lighten the blow before we get into the blow that is the NASCAR drama with the anti-protest, the owner's comments, and all that jazz. Yeah. What's going on with Dale? Lay it on us. It's amazing how this this guy, Dale Earnhardt Jr., Tam, continues to, even on his way out, and as far as just his retirement is concerned. And speaking of his retirement, you know, this is his whole retirement tour coming to, to an end here. It's amazing to watch this guy go in and out of, uh, you know, these racetracks and people give him gifts and, and all these wonderful things. USA Today did an article on him about his retirement, and they posted a lot of pictures from uh, the past and recently just to show what he's done for NASCAR and his own career over the years that he's been racing. And it's really, really kind of cool, you know, some of the pictures that they show. And a lot of the other drivers, Tam, that have been talking about his his retirement uh, have really just come to have come together to talk a, a really good stuff about Dale Jr. and, and what Dale Jr. has done for their, uh, you know, their careers personally. I believe it was um, Eric Amarola and uh, even Smoke, Tony Stewart, who not only gave him thanks, but Martin Truex Jr. also gave Dale Earnhardt Jr. thanks to, uh, you know, enhancing their own NASCAR careers. They said if it wasn't for guys like Dale Jr., who becomes a face of that sport and puts everybody on the map, that speaks volumes, not not about just who Dale Jr. is, but just the kind of person that he is, that it's not all about himself. There's other drivers. These are my brothers. These are my guys who I compete against uh, on a weekly basis on a track. And I think that that's awesome that he does that because, it, it, it you know, he could be selfish, Tam. 
You know, Dale Jr. could completely be selfish in this position, but he's not. And sometimes there are a lot of things that he'll say that, that you know, how we saw that whole Kevin Harvick thing unfold and it wasn't cool. And I mean, and it wasn't nice, but fortunately, you know, you, you don't always agree with everybody. And, and we know that just me and you, obviously, when I don't agree that Mick Kenseth was going to make it to, to the next round, but you did. But, you know, Dale Jr. just continues to uh, make news. He talked about how he still doesn't like burnouts. Now, Tam, I don't know how you feel about burnouts, but you you know yeah. Dale been known to hate this. <laughs> you know, I'm I just don't know what to think about the burnouts thing. You know, it's just I don't know, Tam. It's like I, like it's a part of NASCAR. It's a part of winning, and uh, and and I I kind of get it. But I mean, now you know Dale Jr. says, well, you can still burn out but not completely to the point where you're, you know, obliterating the rear end of your car, which, okay, he's got a point. I mean, but I, I mean, you just want to race. I, I I don't know. I mean, I, I just feel like you should be able to burn out hard if you want to burn out hard. I mean, I don't know, Tam. It just... Renee, the problem with the burnouts is the fact that people are using them to disguise some illegal modifications that they may have done with the car. So I do understand it from that point of view. I am on the fence about it as well, Renee, because I'm about the burnout. I just think it makes it interesting, fun, and entertaining. But I, I get both sides of the One of the top point. NASCAR officials, they said they don't want to, you know, be the, the fun police here and, and take that away. And they've already, and NASCAR officials have already said, hey, look, we're, we're, we're not even going to touch that, you know, this year. You know, maybe maybe we'll look look on it maybe in 2018 next season, but uh they are just not willing to even touch that subject right now. So they're kind of staying away from it. Even at this point now that we go into Dale responding to a lot of what's been happening in our, in our world of sports, Tam, and uh, this is where we're going to really get into this. Dale is being outspoken and probably tweeted his most popular tweet um, of all time this past weekend in response to what's going on with all the the protests uh, in the NFL, and especially in response to Donald Trump's tweets and comments uh, made to the NFL and their players and, and their owners, if you will. Dale Jr. had a tweet, and Tim, this obviously became his most popular tweet ever, and he quoted basically a JFK uh, statement. And he tweeted, and I quote, all Americans are granted rights to peaceful protests. Those who make peaceful revolution impossible will make violent revolution inevitable, unquote, by JFK. And I mean, you want to talk about how many retweets, comments, and likes that that tweet got was just off the charts. And and it's a very good tweet, Tam. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I thought it was a fantastic tweet. And I thought it was a fantastic quote that he got from JFK. I mean, and you're talking about JFK, one of one of the best speakers as a president that we've ever had in this country. But it's true. And I have to agree with his tweet that he's right. These football players are just taking a peaceful stance in to what they believe in. And uh, I think a little bit of this has gotten lost over the last couple of days, Tam. And I just don't know I just don't know where this is going, and I and I don't know how this this all got twisted around from it starting from one NFL player who just decided to take a knee in protest of the racial inequality in in this country. And at the time, Tim, and let me just say this before I let you speak, but in the initial reaction of what I had when that first happened, I saw myself going, "Well, that's 
that's kind of crappy to do that. Like what, you know, like what is he doing? I mean, it's the national anthem for crying out loud. And after I talked with a couple of people and really kind of had a chance to really soak it in and what he was doing, I actually really respected Colin Kaepernick for doing that and starting this whole thing. He has the right to do exactly what this country is about, freedom of speech, freedom of expression. And Colin Kaepernick had every right to do exactly what he did by kneeling during the national anthem and his way of protesting. And you know what? It wasn't like he went out there and started smashing the windows and and being some kind of violent, you know, retard uh, in, in, in protest. No, he just basically took a knee and that was it. And I'm okay with that. Okay. I think you're throwing the ball to me, but I'm going to throw it back to you right. because this conversation is not over. It is going to be a lengthy one. We hope you listen because that's what this protest really is all about. It's just making sure that we are listening to each other. And being a little bit more understanding mm-hmm. of one another. Because I, I kind of feel like people, our listeners are waiting on us. I don't know. How, how do you feel, Renee? Just about uh, w- w- what specifically? Before we did our NASCAR Twitter talk, one of our, I don't like, I, uh, friends to the show, he sent a message, a direct message, which is kind of rare, and just pretty much asked yeah. that we cover the topic. And I was like, holy crap, because I, I think we were planning not to avoid it, but just not to go in on it. Like, there are enough opinions out there. Not that our opinion doesn't matter, but in retrospect, it's just a lot going on. So then I, I'll respond to that. And I know we were talking about this a couple of days ago when we were trying to put the show together. And you had sent me a text message about just reading over all the, the tweets and the conversations uh, and the responses from uh, everything that had been happening, starting from, you know, when Trump first came out and had all this to say about the NFL players and stuff. And I remember you said, I, I really don't want to get into this as far as, you know, the podcast is concerned. And I remember reading that going, okay, I'll respect that. We don't have to talk about it. We can just stick to the basics and just stick to, uh, you know, just NASCAR talk. I think that the guy who tweeted us and direct messages really put it out there in a sense of like, it's inevitable. I mean, it's, 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 and it's unavoidable. There's no way we couldn't come on this episode and not talk about this town. There's just, uh, there's just way too many things going on. And I think that the luxury that we have, Tam, as far as, you know, me and you are concerned specifically is you're of African American descent. I am Latino. And I think that we have a great responsibility as people in our position to give our opinion. I mean, you're a person of color. I'm a person of color in the sense that I'm still minority. Well, you're a person of color and Mm -hmm. you're not a minority. And not to cut you off, but I just want to clarify that. I hardly ever use that word minority because people are of color are not minorities. True. We are the majority in this world. You know what? That is a very good statement. Yes, you are right. Hispanics, Blacks, Indians, we are all people of color and we make up the majority of the world, not the United States, but of the world. Right. So I don't like to use the term minority because it doesn't apply because we technically are majority. Right. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I just had to, that touched the No, 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 no. And I totally agree with you. And, and I, I absolutely uh, uh, should be corrected in saying that we are the majority because you are correct in saying that. And my point just being that we're both affected by this. And, you know, we were talking 
off record, but it's hard to not respond to stuff like this because uh, we're, we're personally affected. We have feelings, we have opinions, and I think uh, it, it, it's right to give our listeners just a, maybe a, a point of view from us and from where we see things because we are talking and fans of a sport that is very, very, <laughs> I guess, I, what, what's, what's the correct word I'm looking for? We follow a sport that is, uh, you know, highly white, if you will. <laughs> You're trying, trying to, to be, be real careful correct. here because we- I just, you know, because I, I love NASCAR, Tam, just as much as you do. And, uh, and I know that there's a lot of times where, uh, we've been at races and, and, and we've been, uh, places you think, okay, is this person kind of being sarcastic with me? They're being condescending. I'm not sure how to take this, but I can also tell you that we have been to a handful of races. And some of these rednecks that are at these races are some of the best fans and some of the best people I've ever been around. It's amazing when you get it from a point of view like that, especially from somebody like us who are people of color, who are not necessarily supposed to be there. You know what I mean? Am I making any sense here? You're making perfect sense. At the bottom line is, is that we love a sport that doesn't necessarily welcome us. Right. Now, there you go. Do we feel or have we been... Have we experienced anything? There's one particular incident. We're not going to get into it, but we both know about the incident in Fontana. Yeah. Because it it was a lot going on in Fontana. But speaking from myself, Renee, or from incidents that have been shared with me by my friends, and I have a lot of friends who work for NASCAR, who are people of color, and they're always shocked when I tell them, for the most part, my experiences with NASCAR have been pleasant. Yeah. Some of the stuff that they've shared with me is just bananas. It is just kind of like, wow, a human. First of all, we're in 2017. Get a grip. That's all that I'm going to say is get a grip. Like this is not the 20s or the 30s or the 50s. This is 2017. This is life. This is where, this is a life where People are all mixed up with various ethnicity backgrounds. It is just a lot. Okay, we're all over the place, I know, because I don't jump to that. But let me just keep it in perspective and kind of backtrack. And as you guys, if you can't tell listening, this is a difficult topic for us to talk about. And not because we are ashamed to say how we feel or, you know, that we are trying to be so politically correct that we're kind of skirting over the issue in hand. It is just very difficult for us to talk about it because here's the reality is that contrary to what you listeners may think, Renee and I don't deal with this kind of stuff on a day-to-day basis. Renee, what was you doing last night? Entertaining at the comedy store. What do we do every weekend? Go to raves and go drive cars and listen to great music. The reality is, is America has an issue that needs to be fixed. But at the same token, our reality is, is that we don't deal with this kind of stuff every single day. But thanks to the president, we've been forced to deal with this stuff. Yeah. Whether we like it or not, whether we agree or we don't agree, we have been forced to almost take a side. Now, somebody would say that it was designed that way. The rhetoric that's being spit by the president has pretty much divided us. No matter how you look at it, or maybe it didn't divide us. It just revealed the division that already existed. Right. 
on that note, I would like to read a couple of quotes and then give you my opinion on the whole situation and then let Renee share his a little bit more than what he has already done. I am going to start with a quote from Greg Popovich, who is an NBA coach. Right, he for the said, San Antonio I, Spurs. Yeah, for the San Antonio Spurs. He said, I just heard a comment this morning from a NASCAR owner and from Mr. Petty that just blew me away. Blew me away. Where the owner described the fact that he would get the Greyhound bus tickets for anybody to leave and they'd be fired. And Mr. Petty, who said people who act the way we saw on Sunday, they should leave the country. That's where I live. I had no idea that I lived in a country where people would actually say that sort of thing. Okay. Now, what he's referring to, if you aren't clear or haven't heard or been living under a rock or just tuned out completely, I'm not sure how you didn't hear it, but your boy, Richard Petty, took it upon himself to just pretty much say that anybody that wouldn't stand up for the anthem ought to be out the country, period. And to add on to that, Richard Childress also stepped in and said that he was, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, but he he got your bus ticket up out of here if you were not standing. That pretty much fueled the fire for Trump, who came out and thanked NASCAR for standing with him. Mm -hmm. And then from there... And I'm sorry if I'm a little like, but like I said, it's a a touchy topic and I just want to make sure that I'm doing it justice and that I'm covering all the quotes. But with all that being said, Dale Jr., and it's um, it's crazy because Trump praised NASCAR at 7.25 a.m. And then exactly at 7.54 a.m., Dale Jr., and this was actually on Monday, the day after the race, Dale Jr. chimed in and said what he had to say, which was the quote that- He took from JFK, yeah. Yeah, that Renee read earlier about JFK. So Dale, he went against NASCAR because reading the comments, everybody, not everybody, but a lot of NASCAR nation sided with Richard Petty and with Richard Childress. Dale Jr., along with Jeff Gluck, had the boss to stand up. And I say have the balls because it is always hard to stand up and be firm to your beliefs when they go against popular beliefs. And what Dale Jr. wrote went against NASCAR Nation, the majority. I won't say in a whole, but I will say the majority of NASCAR Nation. And prior to that, Jeff Gluck He actually wrote an article, and it's a very good article. And from our Twitter account, at Turns No Breaks, you can find the article because we actually tweeted it with the comment saying that it took courage for him to actually post the article. But Jeff Gluck has a very great article titled, A Difficult Day to Be in NASCAR. And I'll just read a little bit of it, so bear with me. He says, I feel a deep sense of hurt anger, and sadness this morning after seeing NASCAR's name get associated with intolerance. NASCAR is the most American sport. There are patriotic shows of support for the military at the track, thank yous for soldiers 
through a variety of VIP access and weekly honoring of families who have lost loved ones during battle. But many NASCAR fans seem to overlook a very important part of being an American, the right to free speech and peaceful protest. Some of the very same people who insist on their right to display the Confederate flag at NASCAR races are outraged over someone else's right to kneel down during the national anthem as a form of protest. Whether you agree with either one of these things or would participate in either, they are both free speech. I would really like to read the entire article, but I can't. Obviously, you guys don't want me to read it because you can read it for yourself. But I've wanted to end on that note where he says, and I repeat, whether you agree with either one of these things or would participate in either, they are both free speech. Now, not only is it free speech, I also feel something is being lost with equating the national anthem with patriotism and our military and every comment that I've read is like you're insulting the the military. They're two separate things and it's only sporting events that they even do the national anthem. Yeah. They're two separate things. Period. End of discussion. No matter how you slice it up, they're two separate things. And in fact, if you want to sit down or stand or kneel, that is your right. It is the national anthem. There is nothing in the Constitution, nothing in the law that says you need to sit, stand, or kneel. But more importantly, the problem is, is that the message is being glossed over. The propaganda, the machine, the marketing, the advertisement, the let's get away from the real topic forces are in play here. The real topic is this started as a protest to recognize and to hopefully put an end to some injustice that were going on. Right. Somehow it became an issue where it's, oh, you're disrespecting our military. You're disrespecting our flag. You're, nobody's disrespecting anything because it's not about that. Like I said, I don't know how we equated the flag in the national anthem with you're disrespecting the military because in fact, there are a bunch of military people who have come out and agreed and sided with the right to do whatever you want to do. Yeah, that is correct. I'm not going to take a side on whether it's right or wrong to kneel because it's not my place. I'm not you. You make your own decisions. But what I know is, is that you have the right to decide. That's what this life in America is about. You can make a decision. I may not agree with your decision. You may not agree with my decision. But the reality is, is that we have the right to decide. That is a very good point. I think our listeners probably know already that I do have a medical field background myself where I still work in the hospital. Tam, you and I are just jacks of all trades because we can do that. (laughs) And how we find time to do all of these things is beyond us. But the one thing that I can tell you, and I wanted to share this real quick. One of the hospitals I work at is for the VA, which is a a hospital for uh, military veterans. and I have come across a, a handful of veterans uh, that I have taken care of as, as patients. And some of them, Tam, are Vietnam vets. Some of them are Korean War vets, as well as uh, younger vets that have fought in the Iraq wars and stuff. And like I said, you know, you're right. As, as you mentioned earlier, I do have a lot of family that is in the military, especially my younger brother who uh, served two tours in the Iraqi wars. And uh, And I tell you something, some of these vets 
that have come in, but it's hard for them not to talk about it. So, you know, they bring it up and I don't like to talk politics with my patients at all whatsoever because I try to stay away from that. However, but you know, it's such a touchy subject that it comes up and I'll be honest with you, I just kind of let them talk. And surprisingly, most of these uh, vets are just like, hey, you know what? I don't like it. You know, it, it pains me to see these guys kneel during the national anthem. He goes, but he goes, the one thing that we can't forget is there's a reason why they can kneel. And it's because I fought for that right. They fought for that right. Their parents, my brother fought for that right for them to express themselves in any manner which they choose. And if it's a peaceful kneeling protest like that, that is why I said, I'm okay with that. Because you know what? It is our right. And people do have the right to express in whatever way that they want to protest, whatever they're protesting, they have the right to do that. But they also have, other people also have the right to be angry as well. And and so I understand both sides, but to hear it come from a veteran's mouth like that kind of puts it into perspective. And I think going back to Trump himself and the things that he said, he somehow divided this country where it's affected the, the world of sports. And Tam, I don't know about you, but I've always been a big believer in that sports is the one thing that brings this country together. And no matter what race you are, no matter what your ethnical background is, no matter what your, your religious background is, sports and music are the two things that bring this world together. You know, and I, and I think all of our listeners know, including you, because we both go to raves and we go, both go to these wonderful music events that we, we go to around the world. And it's amazing how these people come in the name of music to have a good time. Well, it's the same thing with sports. They come together at these NFL stadiums, these baseball stadiums, the racetrack. They come together because they love the sport and we watch it together. And it sucks that Trump has somehow divided this in the world of sports. And, and I, I don't like it one bit, Tim. It's sad and disappointing. Sad and disappointing. And as I was listening to you talk about the veterans that have come through the hospital, one thing just kind of popped in my mind. We're sitting here talking about people kneeling for the national anthem being un-American. What's un-American is that we have homeless people. We're a country that does not provide medical care free of charge for our people. That bothers me. And again, you know, I'm, I'm going to say this as somebody who has traveled, because a lot of times I feel like people are closed minded because they ain't never been no place and they ain't never seen anything. And more importantly, life is based on your exposure and experiences. If you're someplace in the deep South where you've never traveled from the South, that's what you know. You don't realize there's a whole nother world that's different than what's in the South. I was born and raised in California, but guess what? I've been all over this world from the Middle East to Japan to China to wherever. You, you name it, I've been there. And guess what? It's a whole nother world that's totally different than what's going on. And again, your opinions are based on exposure and experiences. So when you don't have those exposures and experiences, it's easy for you to sit there and say what you think is golden and what you say is the truth. When in fact, you know, it, it may not necessarily be. And I right. hope that made sense to you guys, but I'm just trying to paint a picture that it is so much life going on outside of what you know. And yeah. to be a little bit tolerant of other people's situations will help you as a person. 
to kind of understand how other people feel, what they're going through. I'm going to say this, and it is probably going to be the most controversial thing that I have ever said on this podcast, but I'm feeling the way I'm feeling at this moment. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it is exhausting being a person of color because there's so much stuff that you have to deal with, whether it's going in the store and somebody looking at you, thinking that you're stealing something. I've been profiled because of the car that I've drive twice, twice. Why? Yep, yep. But again, you know, it is exhausting sometimes dealing with the stuff that we have to deal with. To your point, Renee, NASCAR has released a statement on the anthem protest. And it kind of goes back to what you were just saying about sports and entertainment. But NASCAR states, sports are a unifying influence in our society, bringing people of differing backgrounds and beliefs together. Our respect for the national anthem has always been a hallmark of our pre-race events. Thanks to the sacrifice of many, we live in a country of unparalleled freedoms and countless liberties, including the right to peacefully express one's opinions. I'm going to tell you my thoughts on that, and then I'm going to ask you your thoughts. That statement was as, what is the term? It was vanilla. Do you know what that means? I kind of think I know what you mean by that, okay. but I'll let you kind of I, th- I think it's self-explanatory. It was so, I'm not taking a side, but we, we, we can't alienate our existing fans, but oh, we just issuing this statement because we have to. That's the way I took that statement. I don't really feel that statement did anything. In fact, I think it would have been better if they just didn't say anything. That's just my own opinion. I think you're right. I think they were just trying to be careful, kind of like how we were doing when we first started talking about this, where we we're all trying to be politically correct. I think that that's what, what, what happened in their case. This statement by NASCAR is, I think, a way of, we want to keep our existing fans. And as you know, NASCAR over the last, you know, several years has been really trying to get other fans to come in and be a part of their sport. And what I mean by that, Tam, because we've even talked about this on prior episodes, they were trying to be really on the fence and not sway either way because they don't want to rock the boat, if you will. So I think you're right. I think they would have just been better off not saying anything other than just really seeing that kind of a statement because I was like, <laughs> yeah, what, is that, what so does that even poli- mean? Like, what it is, was what- PC. That's what it oh, was. Oh, totally. Yeah. Okay. I want to read some comments. Earlier, I read to you guys Jeff Gluck's a little bit of his article, but he posted it on Twitter and some people chimed in. And I just kind of want to quickly go through the comments. As you guys know, this is a podcast for fans by fans. And we give you our take on a lot of things, but we also like to include the fans because without you guys, we wouldn't be doing this. And without your opinions, your comments, none of this would be possible. Because it's NASCAR fans who actually drive this podcast. It's exhausting sometimes doing this podcast, but Renee and I keep going because we know that we have fans that love the show. Our friends, as we would say, that love the show. So just a few comments. This one came from Kyle, KY Church Hill 18. He says, games went off on time, didn't they? No one kneeling in the middle of a drive. Convenient way to ignore the point they are trying to make. Okay, so that comment, you know, and I'm going to give you the good and the bad. He's basically saying, what's the point? Then we had 
someone chime in and say, and this came from Robert Rich at Robert Rich, and you still get your entertainment. They have a right to kneel just as much as you have a right not to want them to. And then he goes on and says, way to completely disregard their ability to protest when and where they want. Kneeling doesn't affect their job. They still play. And then he continues and says, and you still get entertained. How do you not get this? Kneeling during the anthem takes zero time away from the game, your entertainment. Now, one of our good friends to the show, and I like to say good friend because he's more than a fan. He listens to the show. He participates in our Twitter talk. And this is Larry Lee. You guys have heard his name a couple of times on the podcast. But Larry, he chimes in and his user is at LBLEE58. He chimes in and says, as a veteran, I support the rights of my fellow Americans, even speech slash expressions for which I don't agree. Then he goes on and says, nor did I, and I think that was in response to someone. He says, he said, nor did I never heard during a six month med or Persian golf cruise either. And then he says, well, and, and let me back up. Okay. So when he says, nor did I, he's responding to a comment by Sherelle at, um, S Y L V R E Wolf W O L F E. That person who I'm assuming is a female says, I never heard it a single time when I was in the middle of a war. And this is pretty much, and I'm not going to read all of them, but there was some comments about people saying they don't remember hearing the the national anthem being played. And these are all coming from veterans. So going on with Larry's comments, he also says, I thought about this and I think in my 12 years in the Navy, the only time I heard the national anthem was during my boot camp graduation. Interesting. I can go on. But I think that pretty much sums up a lot. Yep. There you, you go. Know, we, we're putting a lot of weight on a song. Yeah. You know, and it, we have people, and I, I just want to say this, we have people who are dying senselessly, whether it's violence, domestic violence. We have people who are homeless. I mean, California, which is crazy to me, has one of the largest populations of homeless people. I mean, the, the term skid row, it is here in Los Angeles. Yeah, and we have, and we live in a country where people die every day because they don't have medical insurance. And for those of you who may not know, in almost every country, especially in Europe, medical insurance is free. The country takes care of their own. We don't live in a country that takes care of their own. Amazing. Whether you believe that we should or we shouldn't, the reality is, is that we're arguing over whether people should kneel or stand when we got people that are dying every day from violence, from hunger, from cancer. I I just would think the energy that has been put into this, if we really put this energy into something else productive, instead of debating and arguing with somebody should and should not do about a song, a national anthem, when it's their right, the constitutional right that was given to them as Americans. And we put all that energy into something else like curing cancer or feeding the homeless or educating people so they're not out there robbing and stealing. And I didn't even touch on drugs. I think we would be better off. 
And on that note, I mean, we've been talking too much about this. I'm, yeah. I'm just kind of over it. So with that being said, we thank you guys for listening to all that. But we're going to get back into some NASCAR. You okay with that, Renee? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So it is time for our fan comment of the week and some predictions. And ironically, even though we're supposed to be moving on, our fan comment of the week is, you know what? I'm going to not do the fan comment of the week. Is that? Yeah, yeah let's go into some predictions then. Let's just do it. Okay. So on that note, Renee, let's kind of close the chapter on all that. We're going to go into the predictions. I'm not even going to touch on the fan comment of the week because the fan comment of the week, if you want to read it, I was actually going to read some answers to a question that we asked or asked on during our Twitter podcast, a question that we asked during our Twitter chat, which pretty much asked whether or not you perceive NASCAR as being a racist sport and will the reputation get better? I'm going to leave it up to you to ponder the answer to that question. But if you want to know what some of the fans chimed in and said, take the jump over to our Twitter account. Um, Oh, really quick, before we get into the predictions, I do want to talk about something that I kind of think sums up everything. And that may be a factor how this outcome of all this anti-protest and all the comments, this may affect NASCAR's sponsorship with Monster Energy. Now you ask why and how? Because simple, the agreement that NASCAR has with Monster Energy is a two-year deal. And we're only in our first year of the two-year deal. But Adam Stern over at Sports Business Journal is reporting that Monster has not made a decision and they're supposed to be making a decision in December as to whether or not they are going to continue with the sponsorship after 2018. They have requested more time to make that decision, which means they're not going to make a decision until 2018. They also need to make a decision on whether or not they're going to continue to sponsor Stuart Haas Racing, as well as the NHRA's John Force Racing. They're currently spending 40 to $50 million a year. NASCAR needs to tread lightly on everything that's going on. And Richard Petty made that comment, and I, I just got to say this. That comment, he's already dealing with not having a sponsor. Yeah, hmm. good point. Be careful there we go. what you say. And I mean, it's <laughs> sad that you can't be who you are. Like, I'm not even mad at Richard Petty or Richard Childress for saying what they said. Now I know how you are. Yeah. And that's all I'm going to say on that. Be who you are. The more I can see who you are, the more I can make an informed decision. So on that note, let's jump into some predictions. Renee, who you got? It's time for Tam and Renee's Race Predictions. Right off the bat, I'm going to say Kyle Larson wins this race. He's going to win this race this weekend. And and I know Truex Jr. is going to be right there. And I even know Kyle Busch is going to be right there. But, uh, you know, these three guys are obviously the top drivers and who are really hot right now. And I see Larson winning that race this week. If I have a dark horse, I want to go with my boy, Jimmy Johnson. I, I somehow feel like he's just going to come out of the woodwork and, and he might surprise some people by winning this, this weekend. I see Kyle Larson winning that race. Okay. So those are Renee's predictions and he has to stick to him. Huh. Yeah, I am going to stick to him. <laughs> I'm not even going to give you guys the history lesson today because what we talked about was history. Yeah. 
I, and I and I mean that sincerely. Like I don't even feel the need to continue to talk about any history. So no history lesson today, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to jump straight into my predictions. I will tell you one thing, though. Jimmy Johnson is the 11-time winner at Dover. He won his first race at Dover in 2002, and his last race was the last race at Dover. He, he won that, too, which was earlier this year. Matt Kenseth, my man, is also a three-time winner at Dover. So on that note, I think I'm going to roll with, I'm going to go with Matt Kenseth. I know you guys think I'm crazy, but I just got to ride with Matt Kenseth till the wheels fall off. Yep. And I already know he's going to be in that next round. So why not pick him? And I'm feeling like, huh, I'm going to pull something out of my hat. Dale's, I, I watched Dale's, um, his periscope afterwards and he kind of was like he was looking forward to Dover then he was like wait no I'm not it was like something really funny he had thought about it just because I think I'm gonna go with Dale I don't know I'm I'm, I'm just riding with Dale just because oh right on so that's my I actually kind of like that I like yeah. those picks okay so those are our picks we're sticking to them we are exhausted yes talk uh, we, to you we, next week <laughs> You know what, Tam? This was a very awesome episode, and I'm glad I got to share this episode with you. A lot of great things. And I want our listeners to continue to follow us. I want our listeners to continue to listen to us. And you fans, if you have anything to say, please please hit us up on our social media across the board, at Turns No Breaks, Twitter, Instagram, our Facebook. Please hit us up. Please subscribe to our podcast, rate and review us, leave us a comment. And I'm just going to end this with this, ladies and gentlemen, just like I always do from Tam and myself, be kind to each other. And we will love to see you guys and listen to us next week. And before I say bye-bye, all I'm going to leave you with is one word, respect. It goes a long ways. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 